all. Welcome to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor, practice lead for travel at J.D. Power. And normally I would be joined by Jenny Corwin and Andrea Stokes. But uh, this week we have a special guest. Um, we had uh, discussed internally at J.D. Power that maybe we ought to mix it up a little bit and bring some outside folks in. The very first person I thought of was the chief customer experience officer for San Antonio Airport, which is Karen Ellis. One of my favorite people. Karen, you're one of my favorite people, in case you didn't know uh-huh. that already. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll just give you a little bit of the background on who Karen, if you don't know who Karen is, um, Karen, you know, is the chief customer experience officer for San Antonio Airport. Um, She's a award-winning airport administrator. She's won the uh, Airports Council International Legacy Award for Creativity and Excellence for Airport Marketing and Communications. She's in charge of arts, culture, music, government, military affairs, public relations, uh, and the uh, San Antonio Volunteer Ambassador Program, and she sells popcorn at halftime during the San Antonio Spurs game. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and prior to that, um, she's worked with the Houston Airport System, both uh, Javi and Bush, and also the big one, uh, Atlanta Hearts, Hartsfield Airport. So welcome, Karen Ellis. Thank you so much for having me. And I will add one more thing. I, I don't know if, if it makes sense, but I do have one more area that I'm over in, which is the terminal management team. So, oh, yeah, one, one more area. Just that, a small, small yeah, thing. Just, yeah, just got that one recently. So. <laughs> Well, anyway, I guess, you know, the the entire time, seemingly the, the entire time we've been doing podcasts at J.D. Power, we've spoken nothing, about nothing but COVID as the, as the primary topic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. the situation keeps changing from week to week, month to month. And uh, so I thought we'd start off. If you could just tell us a little bit, when you guys at San Antonio first knew that COVID was coming, was going to impact the airport, what are some of the things that you guys, what are the very first things that you guys did? Thank you so much for that question. I think the first thing that we did was we tried to meet with our teammates because we wanted to calm them or provide them with as much information as we could because we knew that if the employees were not ready for it, they couldn't be ready for the passengers. And so as much information as we could gather, we kind of pulled them all together to say, hey, here is what's coming. Here is what we know. Here's what we don't know. Um, And we want you to feel comfortable in asking questions, although we may not have the answers for you. We wanted to make sure we gave them enough information so that they could be, one, they could be safe, and then two, that they could share that information because we knew that questions were going to be coming to them from right and left. And so we wanted to equip them with whatever we could um, so that they could be ready for those questions when they came in. So that was huge for us to make sure that we we communicated. And we wanted as much as we could to calm the fears because we knew that the unexpected or the, you know, yeah, the unexpected was about to hit us. And we didn't know what we didn't know, but we did know that we wanted to make sure that our employees, our team members, our stakeholders had as much information as we did. So again, that, that you know, that we could calm their fears so that they could help calm the, the fears of our, our passengers and guests. Does it feel like ancient history to you? I mean, it seems like it happened four years ago. Does it seem that it way? It really you? does. It really does. And we're, we're still just trying to look for that light at the end of the tunnel. We thought we were there, um, but 
with its new Delta variants and, and variant and the other variants that are out there, we just don't know. We, we just don't know. So we, we're not taking our foot off the gas on the things that we've been doing. And so we're just trying to make sure that we, um, we again, are communicating as much as we can and trying to stay positive. Well, in, in a normal operation, say it's, say it's 2019 and the stress level on a scale of 1 to 10 for the staff is, let's just say, 2 because we know it's much higher than two. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, what would you say the stress level of your staff was on that one to 10 scale? Probably a 10. Yeah. Because and it was the unknown. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, we had heard about it. We had um, watched, you know, other countries and their experiences and seeing one or two or three or four um, starting to, to, impact our area it was just the unknown so people were on high alert because they they just didn't know and what do you think your people did well during this whole crisis i mean we're going on for months it seems like this is a a long war yeah. but uh, you know you guys are doing very well in our jd power survey despite all the challenges have been thrown at you so i know that your folks are doing a great job down there in san antonio what Thank would you, you say are some of the success stories that you could tell us about you know i think um, for us, because we started out giving, providing as much information as we could, trying to make sure that, that, that our team members knew that we had their best interest at heart, I think that calmed their fears to the point where they were willing to kind of do whatever we needed to do to make sure that we were providing a safe environment and um, are ready for the customers to answer questions that we have. So I think that was huge for us. The other thing is, you know, one of the things that I think that we did well is we allowed our employees to work from home. Obviously, my entire team could not work from home together. So I ensured that they had either three days at home, two days in the office, or two days in the office and three days home, so that we would have someone from each team in the office. And so they felt as though that was a way for them to stay safe with their families, work from home, and they weren't as, quote unquote, as exposed um, being here for um every day because of course in a 24 hour seven days a week facility we didn't have the luxury of being able to just shut down and everybody go home but we also wanted to be mindful that um, to allow them to be able to do part-time here part-time there and still be able to get the work done and I think that was a was a big plus for us because people were comfortable and 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 I I even let them pick their own days. I didn't say, "Hey, you got to do this." I just wanted to ensure that there was someone from each department that would be represented here in the event that that something happened on campus, they needed to be here. So I think that was one of the biggest things that we did and people appreciated that. And how are they holding up? I mean, how would you I say their mood is? I think they're doing well. I think they're doing well for my team um, because we are very front-facing. We make sure that we, we get together. Uh, and although although we, we get together, we do it in a way where we can social distance from each other. We wear our mask all the time because that's a city requirement. 
but we get it you know we just kind of let her hair down every now and then to say hey you know just just take a deep breath let's let's take a step back let's everybody come in and you know for birthdays we still celebrate them individually I, I get each one of them a cake so they feel there's some sense of normalcy of what you know what they were accustomed to so I think because of that and then we have a a call twice a um once a day on Tuesday and Wednesday and that's their opportunity to let me know what's going on what's going on with the family anything that I can do for them so they feel that connection so I think that helps with that stress level and in August of 2020 what would you say is San Antonio's biggest challenge at the moment in running the airport as best you can well, um, a couple things. So one of our biggest challenges right now is um, the migrants that are coming from Mexico. Um, they are being, once they're cleared from the border um, cities, then they're, they're bused to bust or either uh, transported in vans to, to our airport. It, one of the Texas airports. We have gotten our, our share of them. And so they come to the airport and then they wait. Most 90% of them um, have uh, airline tickets, but they are not maybe, maybe not traveling that day. So they have to spend the night in the airport and then they fly out the next morning. So over the last, I would say, three to four weeks, We've had quite a, a few migrants that have been in the airport that we've tried to accommodate as best that we could. In addition to the fact that there's an increase in our traffic, we definitely see our numbers up. We see our international flights up. We are a uh, COVID vaccination pop-up location. So we have a lot of people that are coming to, to either get the, the one shot or the two doses. I'm here at the airport. So it's it's been a lot of moving parts um, in addition to having the pandemic. So we've been just trying to make do as, as we can. And you're, you know, San Antonio's a military town. Do you see it any is. impact in the military? Mm -hmm. Well, not not as much. They still are, are, are um, functioning in the same, same or similar manner as pre-pandemic. Um, so they're still having to process their soldiers as they, well, not their recruits when they come in, so they're not quite soldiers yet. But they're still having to uh, uh, transport them to the the military bases here. So we're we're still doing that as well. So that's another piece. But that's a constant piece. We that never goes every every uh, once a week. I don't want to say the date, but once a week we do have those um, recruits that come in that get transported from our airport to the military base Lackland here in the city. One of the things that we see in the J.D. Power data as we're tracking it quarter to quarter is uh, changing expectations uh, hmm. from the passengers. Uh, how mm -hmm. would you say the expectations have changed from, say, a year ago, last August of 2020 to, to now? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think one of the things that, have, that has changed from then to now is People want to know what safety precautions that we have in place now. That wasn't something that they kind of, I don't want to say took for granted and just assumed when they were traveling pre-pandemic. But now they want to know, well, what are you doing and and how do I, what do I need to do when I arrive and, and 
how are you social distancing? They, they just want information. And so we try to make sure that we provide them with that information via our website, through our social media, through we've, we've changed our overhead announcements so people kind of know what's going on and what we're doing. So I think that's the difference in this year versus pre-pandemic. Um, because we didn't have to focus on that before. We, we were just doing those things that were kind of delighting or, or trying to think of those ways to surprise and delight. But now it's more, okay, here's what we're doing from a safety perspective so that people can feel comfortable as they're traveling through our airport. Another one of the trends we see in the J.D. Power data is you know, the, the, one of the things that people like about most airports, including San Antonio, is the food, beverage, and retail program. Are you guys experiencing the same kinds of pro, uh, problems that other food, beverage, and retail programs are experiencing at other airports? Basically, the lack of labor shortage yeah. and the lack of uh, stores being open? Unfortunately, we are. Um, and, and we talk, obviously, you know, we talk to different airports all the time trying to figure out ways of being able to recruit and, and, and retain some of the employees. We've had uh, some of our restaurants had to change their hours of operations due to lack of staffing. But I'm thankful to say that we're, we're, we're seeing a turn in that, in that we're seeing more employees coming back. And, and it's ironic that we're doing this today because we had a big announcement this morning where we have one of our local restaurants, Whataburger, that did a, a ribbon cutting this morning because they are going to be coming to San Antonio in spring of 2022. And so that is huge for us because, again, they're a local hamburger facility that we've, you know, that located throughout the state and throughout the city, but it's coming to our airport. So that was a very, very positive sign that we see that, that Whataburger is saying, hey, we want to be in the airport regardless of what, regardless to how it may look right now from a staffing perspective, but we think it's going to get better, which again is, is a positive sign for us. And what does 2022 look like for San Antonio? What do you think is going to happen as we go through the holiday season here and get into that January 2022 and the brand new year? What's going to happen at San Antonio, do you think? I, I am super excited about 2022, looking at the way 2021 is going. We, at this point, uh, I just learned uh, from one of our, from our air service development chief that we are only 9% down from 2019 numbers. So traffic is up for us and we just see it continuing to move, move higher and higher um, to get us back to our quote-unquote pre-pandemic numbers. So I'm excited about the outlook for, for the city as well as for the airport because there's so many things that we are planning and we're continuing to roll with um, because we are looking past the pandemic. We, we're doing what we can to restore consumer confidence. And as a, as, as a result of that, we're seeing our passengers feel more comfortable and they are coming back, which is great for us. And so I see it going nowhere but up, you know, in 2022. Well, Karen, with you in charge, uh, I feel the same way. This, <laughs> San Antonio is going to go nowhere but up. And, and again, you guys have done a great job uh, in our rankings and continuing to improve. And you've met all these challenges with um, – 
you know, seeming aplomb, as uh, to use an old-fashioned uh, term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to thank you very much for being our very first guest at the, on the JD Power Travel Podcast. Pleasure. Yeah, thank you. You very know, I've much. only been doing this about twenty-three years now, so I absolutely love what I do, and you know, we communicate a lot with other airports and and. My goal is to make a difference in someone's lives, and that's what my team is focused on as well. So as long as we can make at least one person smile each day, then we're doing our best. Well, well said. Well, Karen Ellis, thank you very much for uh, being our guest. My pleasure. And that's it for, well, that's it. That's it for this week's uh, J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. Uh, they practice lead for travel at J.D. Power. And if you want to find out more about what we do at J.D. Power, you can go to jdpower.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see business. Click on that. Scroll down to travel. And you'll see all the things that uh, uh, Jenny Corwin, Andrea Stokes, and myself uh, have been doing over the last 12 to 15 months. So thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.